Once again to the pregame effect podcast. My name is Ian, and today I'm joined only by Dom. How's it going, buddy? What's up, man? Uh, eh, you know, just living the dream, working, uh, looking for a new job again. You know, usual. Yeah, might be doing the same here, but yeah. we'll see what's going on. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. And <laughs> yeah. turns out the. 25 hours I'm getting a week bartending and serving is not quite enough. So I'm going back and looking for more restaurant jobs, more like management positions. Cause yeah, I'll be honest. I miss having a salary where I know how much my paycheck is going to be every week. I, I don't, I have never had that. I was close to it once, mm-hmm. but uh, I was, <laughs> I was very prepared for the, uh, sit down and talk about my pay rate at, when I was a sous chef at one point <laughs> and the owners of the restaurant just thought that they could give me another hour or a dollar an hour. And I was like, no, I uh, want peace. this many. Yeah. Yeah. And I got up and I said, obviously you guys don't give a damn about this and didn't, wasn't taking this seriously. So hmm. yeah, I ended up leaving that place. Uh, month or two later after one of the owners uh wanted to fight me so that was fun like actually fight you oh yeah oh that's no, like listen story. all right so we're two seconds in this is <laughs> off the rails it's so fine. luke's not here we have more time to kill that's fair um i was working it was like an all-day thing so it was was in charlotte north carolina i helped open up the place i was the only prep person and i had worked all my way up to sous chef and it was really only myself and like one other person prepping still but i I just took care of all that stuff we were literally a good like decent throw of a stone away from uh bank of america stadium so where uh, the Panthers play, but they also would host college games and stuff like that. And it was an ownership weekend. Oh yeah. And then, well, the ownership group, there was seven of them and they liked different teams. So they all reached out to different teams to have us be the particular bar for this group, these groups. We were the, uh, we were a Clemson bar, a Michigan state bar, uh duke bar and some other team it was so saturdays were a shit show as oh, always man. and then especially sundays were just also trash and then if any um, of those teams ever played each other like you guys were screwed yeah it was insane like that was when uh michigan state i think made it at least to the final four for the um march madness mm-hmm. and we hosted every single game like I mean, we were making money, so, like, I get it. But it was to the point where we had to condense our menu to, like, uh, you have this burger, this chicken sandwich. We do 10 wings, Mm -hmm. like, orders of 10 wings, pretzel, and a nacho. That was the menu, and we were still behind. We did something Um, similar when uh, we had, like, big events and just busy weekends at my last place. Like, because we were doing like towards the end before I left, 
they could hit like 900 to a thousand tickets like on a friday night and just not bat an eye yeah the record was 1600 tickets on a saturday jesus christ and those days we went from having okay we do pizza salad sandwiches wings chicken like whatever to we make pizza yeah get over absolutely so the uh this is when the charlotte knights which is the i think triple a baseball program they used to play in south carolina like 30 minutes south of charlotte but they were still the charlotte knights whatever they had finally built the stadium up there so we were had all that stuff uh the owner in particular that uh i had a real problem with his name was junior he had to be a part of this ownership group um because obviously we're a bar you have to have particular licenses for all this stuff and he had several duis had to have hire a driver to drive him around so his name couldn't be on the liquor license but someone else could so he had showed up and it, it was it was like you watch like bar rescue and everything that was on there like was what was happening like i multiple times him and his buddies would come in and at the end of the night I'd have to clear out their several hundred dollars, several sometimes thousand dollar tab and just empty it out. And there was a few times where like the people were stiffing the the waitresses and wait staff that were taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And that's when I had a real problem, you know. So I was working, it was like a 15, 16 hour day for me. And I had seen the guy get there when he was drunk keep drinking with all his buddies, go off to the baseball game, come back and was just like barely standing. And he got my face and said that I didn't smile enough and was like shit talking me. And I was like, junior, it's been a long ass day. Like get the fuck out of my face. You know, I've spent 16 hours making you money. Shut the hell up. Yeah. Uh, He stands up and like stands in front of me now and I'm holding two bags of trash, you know, He's like, come on, man. Just give me a smile, man. Just give me. And he like kind of pushes me a little bit. And I said, yeah, you're not going to want to do that again. You know, Hmm. And he does it again. And I dropped both things to trash. And we had interns at the time, which he (laughs) I'll never forget. This This is my buddy. uh, It's my buddy, David, who was also my little in uh, my fraternity. And it was one of those things where I started to see red. And I look over and I see David's face and he is shitting a brick. He has no idea <laughs> how he would stop me from like blaming the crap up. out of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so junior, and I, I said, junior, you need to get the fuck away from me right now or else you're going to regret fucking waking up today. And his driver, who was also one of our security guys, hears me saying this comes in as junior starting to talk and just picks him up and says, you're not doing this. We need Dom. And I took the trash out, called my boss. And I said, I know I've been talking about it. This is my two weeks. And he was like, that's fine. Just give me a notice. We'll talk about it sometime. And I said, okay, he didn't. And uh, junior didn't believe me. He didn't believe that I was, uh, I gave my two weeks in. So it was my last day. And I said, all right, guys, See ya. Hey, it's been great working with you guys. And people are like, oh, you were serious? Like, yeah. 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 So he tried to 
get me back. And I was like, I nothing would uh, would have me come back work yeah. for you. It's like maybe it'd like double the hourly, and I'd think about it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe <laughs> it was still a bitch. But yeah. Well, hey, anyway, any uh, now that we're into this, we already have our big rant. So since our last recording with uh, Rob of the Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy event, which was fantastic. Hope everyone listened to that one. Um, we actually had a banning. It's been some time since we've had a banning. It has. Um, this one was in Popper, which I know some people don't give a damn about. You can skip ahead, whatever. We talk about what we want to talk about, so we're going to fucking talk about it. Um, they got rid of four of the seven initiative cards. So if you guys don't know what initiative is, it's basically Monarch 2.0. Yeah, but it was also with the dungeons because these were from the Commander's Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate 2 Electric Boogaloo set. Um, Yeah, so basically the way that the initiative works is... Similar to like how with the monarch, there's all these creatures that like when this enters battlefield become the monarch, and if you hit the monarch with combat damage, you become the monarch. Same thing with the initiative. Um, cards will give you the initiative, and then you can also steal it with combat damage. Mm-hmm. But instead mm-hmm. of drawing a card at your end step, like with the monarch, with the initiative, it's when you take the initiative, and then on your upkeep, you can venture into the undercity which is a new dungeon that you could only get into by taking the initiative. And pretty much every single box on that card is all straight value. It's really fucking good. Uh, like the first mode that everybody does is you go and search for a basic and put it in your hand, which is really good when you're playing popper because you're playing a lot of basics mm-hmm. so you get land drops then you either scry two or put two counters on something uh there's a lose target player loses five life you can go to creature create a treasure token draw a card make a four one with menace um but and then at the very end of it it's reveal the top 10 cards of your deck put a creature from among them into play with three plus one plus one counters and then it gains hexproof until your next turn. So you're just getting all this incremental value, incremental value, pulling ahead and keeping the initiative because you're ahead. Mm-hmm. And then big dumb idiot, start again. Yeah. But yeah, this, I mean, it was, it was powerful in itself. And then people were able to make these um, turbo initiative decks. And man, dark ritual is a common. Oh, like, I mean, these decks were wild, absolutely wild. Cause I mean, you you know, you end up hitting and these creatures for the most part, uh, they're nothing special. A one, four flyer, a one, five that when it becomes blocked, the creatures controller loses five life. There's like a five, five four with trample. Yeah, like nothing crazy in itself. 
but you add these effects to them. And also let's be real. You just go through it. Uh, you go through the thing four times and you win because yeah, you have because them drain. Yeah. Now Popper has lands that can enter gain you life and stuff like that. That's fine. But, but it's still, also not like that's the only thing you're doing to your opponent. You solve all these creatures. Exactly. Yeah. So um, they saw these being uh, a menace to the uh, the meta game. They had let them stick around for a little bit, um, but they decided to get rid of these four. There's still three more, but I I mean I don't believe that they're anywhere near. Uh, the the power level of uh, these cards that they were able to get out pr- real fast. So uh, yeah, one of them, there's a artifact equipment. Uh, it's four mana. When it enters, you take the initiative, and then when the equipped creature becomes blocked, it deals two damage to everything blocking it. So mm-hmm. like, sure, it doesn't come with its own protection. It doesn't really do a whole lot after that. Um, there's also a five mana, three, six vigilance in white that takes the initiative. But what white deck is going to five mana? Mm-hmm. Like all the white decks in Popper are playing a bunch of one and two drops that draw more cards. Yeah. And then Absolutely. there's a five mana, uh, what is it? Five mana, five, four with trample in green. Sure. There's scarier things to do in green. Yeah. Like if you're going to have that much mana, you're probably playing Tron. So you're probably locking your opponent out of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically all all the Grixis grindy ones are the ones that got taken out, and mm-hmm. for good reason. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's the right call. I can't remember what the Popper group is called. The uh, Popper panel, something. I don't know. Yeah, which like I remember we talked about this when they that thing. That group kind of formed. I really like it. Um, I understand some people like don't care for the commander one and all that, but with commander being more of a relaxed and laid back format, I mean, you don't have to listen to what these people say at all, and that's totally fine too. Um, I like it for this stuff where it is a little bit more competitive and whatnot. Um, just it gets more eyes on the community and gets more ears being able to listen to what the community is saying and the feedback that can be happening. Hmm. Um, and that's not saying that everything the community says, I mean, let's be real. We have our interest in magic, but we all have these other interests and you can immediately think of some people who, if they never talked about the hobby <laughs> again or whatever hobby, it would probably be better off, you know? <laughs> I'm thinking mainly, like, Star Wars comes to mind with how people reacted to Riva. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other rant that we could give. That's, that's the other podcast. Yeah. Um, so I I think this is really cool. I honestly would kind of love one for Legacy. I know we were, right before we hit record, we were kind of <sighs> talking about things in legacy <laughs> yeah funnily so, enough that's actually a conversation that i was having with uh one of the groups that i'm in um david lance was asking this morning in one of my discord servers he's like so if you if you had to pick five people to put into a legacy format panel who would you put in and why 
And so we had a big conversation about it's like, well, you have to have some people who like have been playing the format for a long time. Mm-hmm. So like Jarvis U was like the first person on our list. Fair. Because Jarvis has played everything from A to Z and some of those even farther down the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played blue decks, he's played non-blue decks, like he knows the format like the back of his hand. Yeah. But then you also should have like some people who are blue specialists, non-blue specialists, like how, but how far down the specialist line do you go? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a guy who only plays death and taxes because he hates blue players? Or do you have the guy who plays death and taxes because he likes the way it attacks the blue decks? Yeah. So it's like, we, we spent from like 10 AM until like, it's still going on a little bit in that discord server where we're just like bouncing around ideas for it. Yeah. Listen, it's I'd, I'd be in on it. I'd be in on it. I, I think even if it was just kind of getting some feedback to give to wizards, because, you know, I mean, we talk about legacy players, not just talk about it. I mean, we live it that, it's kind of like the forgotten stepchild almost. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just keep adding all this stuff. I mean, Christ's sake, we're looking at the infinity cards that are going to be legal. Um, you know, things like that. But then you see that they made, they made this group for Popper, and it's like, okay, like Popper's primarily played online. Legacy's primarily played online, I would say, because I mean, the prices of things are uh, kind of outrageous at times. But I think I I don't really see it being bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, now granted, if they created one and then banned like a card that I was really into or playing, then I might think that it's bad. But I mean, if if it's if it's people who give a damn about the format or in the format and the game the health of like the community around it i i just can't see it being a bad thing you know so uh i'd be down for it i i i'm definitely in on jarvis you get it in there i i was kind of thinking some maybe like a personality or two um i think of like jerry from uh, leaving a legacy but I don't, I don't know if that's might be like too uh too opinionate, opinionated or whatnot. Uh, Thraben you, I could think, would have a pretty decent idea of what's going on. Because if there's one thing that Thraben you has, it's opinions. Yeah, yeah. Some that's of them true. are out there. But, he's <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I, think it, I think it would be cool. Um, this is, I'm pretty sure, the first kind of thing. I know they were like formed and then they've just been watching, I believe. I, I think this think is the first so. thing. Uh, and I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was wrong. I liked, really liked the video that they did for it. Um, yeah, I haven't watched the video yet, but, um, yeah, Gavin very did a video on good morning magic. Yeah. And, um, it was just, Hey, we're, we're taking these cards out. These are the reasons why, um, you know, they said they're still going to be looking at the format, keeping an eye on it and all that, which, I mean, I guess you can kind of take it or leave it. They can always say that, and it doesn't really matter, but obviously they just did something to the format. 
Um, yeah, so I'm I'm interested, you know. Um, I think he had actual like decent uh, decent conversation on it as well. Yep. So it's uh, it's, it's just like a different format. Uh, to receive the information and then they had uh, I think a breakdown of it anyway as well somewhere I'm pretty sure I can't remember though you have like a meta breakdown uh, I don't know about that I meant like if it, it wasn't just in a video form that you could oh, like, watch or okay. listen I think they actually had I can't remember though um, but yeah I, I I thought it was cool listen I'm I'm fine with it as someone who plays Popper and wants to play it more uh yeah, I'm fine with this. I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't know if things are really gonna like shift around too much. Um, I mean burn is the top deck, so yeah, I need to play proper more. Um <laughs> I mean Swift Spear being in the format is definitely helps fucking wild like just being real man like I, and I'm, I'm looking at this right now so i i haven't looked at this list yet i see swiss beard i'm like yeah i'm in okay the vildair and epicure yeah sure blood token that's sweet i'm seeing Koldotha rebirth and i'm like i really like that card uh the rebirth is one of those cards i've always wanted to be good oh uh, i i have played against it in a modern grand prix several times Mm-hmm. And it's always it was always one of those decks where it's like this is super scary. I might die on turn three, but yeah. then they got rid of Mox Opal, so that deck kind of died. So. Yeah. Uh, Experimental synthesizer, though. I'm pretty happy that they're printing more broken cards because synthesizer has been kind of just coasting and uh, let me have ridiculous turns still. And uh, no one really bats an eye to it because someone else gets like you know, blown out by initiative or some bullshit like that. So, like, yeah, you guys just keep printing stuff that we have to deal with for a little bit, and we can keep it moving. So it works for me. At least, at least the format's like keeping interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, it it looks kind of trash. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at goldfish, and you have twenty eight point three percent is burn. And then 12.2% is Kiln Fiend, yeah. followed by almost 8% Bogles, Boros Bully at 6.8. And then you have your blue decks, Blue Fairies 5.4, Is It Fairies uh, 3.4. <laughs> I'm you, like, have to, you have to look at the also like, down to 10th place or 9th place to find a mid range deck. Yeah. Everything else is just aggro. But like everything I just said, I'm in on all these. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. Um, all, all so like, yeah, yeah, don't get us wrong. All those are super fun decks to play in the format. Oh, like, uh, I, I want to build more popper decks and then just jam them. So that's, um, I might be I'm looking to do that a little more. I'm surprised that Bogles is that high up right now. All the black decks are playing like eight sack effects. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if you really start rolling with it, the coming with spirits really help that deck. Hmm. Um, it helps that one, and then it helps uh, my uh, <laughs> my pride and joy in the pop format, tortured existence. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really trying to really try to play that one more. 
Um, yeah, I, it's interesting. Um, I know because they run some Cartouche of Solidarity, which helps pop out another creature, but yeah, other than that, it's just hope I draw another creature and play it. Yeah, yeah, but at the same so... time, though, like you get an ancestral mask in play and just kill the guy on turn three. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the deck's the deck is crazy, man. And then, yeah, you can get a hit in and you gain a bunch of life and you just wait until you can play two or three out at the same time then. Hmm. So it's super fun. I want to play it more. So that's kind of my spiel on Popper. Hmm. I'd say it's a Popper minute, but I mean, we talked for a little bit on it. <laughs> but yeah, I've actually been getting into a couple other formats myself lately that I didn't think I'd be playing for a long time, but <laughs> I made a mistake last week, Thursday. I downloaded Arena again. Terrible. Now, I, mean, I haven't, how I haven't did touched that go? Arena. Well, I haven't touched Arena since Guilds of Ravnica standard. Perfect. So, you know, 2019. Because that was my way of practicing sta- uh, that standard format a week early so that I could get ready for the last Star City Invitational that there was before COVID. Mm-hmm. And then I, as soon as that Invitational was over, I stopped playing Arena. Yeah. So my collection was completely gone other than like a handful of wild cards. But... I've been doing a lot of drafts on there and I've actually, I actually put together mono red and standard. And honestly, this draft format and the standard format are a lot of fun right now. Um, if I don't, has... I, I don't want you to say that it's too great. Cause now I'm looking at standard decks. Well, but, you... I mean, I don't know where I would play in paper. Right. So uh, look at this mono black mid range though. Because that just looks dope. Yeah, like for for the standard format, I will admit, if you are not playing a mono black or black X or black XX deck, uh, you're pretty much doing it wrong. Okay. Uh, Meat Hook Massacre, still a great card. Yeah, still an expensive card. Still an expensive card. It's only gone up since the set came out, too. How about a Sheldred being... $52. $52. Yeah, Shieldred's up there. Liliana's still good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, she's definitely better in standard than she is in uh, Pioneer. Really? Because, like, in Pioneer, there's still a bunch of, like, random idiots that you that people play out in, like, mono green and everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, the sack isn't always great. Um, but with the way that the Pine- or the standard decks are built right now, like either playing mono black or against mono black. Like it's a clean answer to opposing shieldreds on an empty board. Um, you can plus and discard your own tenacious underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like the black deck almost kind of counters itself. Uh, I was listening to the MTG Goldfish podcast uh, earlier today. And Stefan Olive brought up a good, or one of the guys, I can't remember who it was, brought up a good point with how a lot of the threats in mono black kind of counter each other. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, you can 
make them sack their tenacious underdog with your Liliana, but then they're going to just blitz it back from the graveyard and then they can kill your Liliana or they'll discard their underdog and blitz it in and just mm -hmm. like have a bunch of different ways to interact. Um, but it feels like standard right now is a lot of meat hook massacre decks, shielded decks, and then decide if you want to play its flash color. That's about it. Yeah. Um, like I've been playing mono red just because it's what I had the wild cards for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely building towards mono black though, because that deck is just so nice. I'm trying to see how many cards. I guess when is when's rotation? Uh just happened actually. Oh, really? Yeah, let me get an actual date on. Hold on. Let me go to my favorite website. What's in standard? Exactly what I was just typing in. <laughs> What's uh, in standard is a fantastic website for anyone who's interested. Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah. you could. <laughs> Last, it was Friday the 9th was when rotation. Oh, happened. wow. Okay. Zendikar, Kaldheim, Strixhaven, and the uh, Adventures of Forgotten Realm all left. I forgot Zendikar was still in there. Um, but yeah, so right now it's. Oh, so you got some time then. Yeah, it's five set standard right now. Uh, it's definitely play, <laughs> play black cards. So I just looked at this and it's legal until quarter four of 2023. So you're telling me, okay, so it, it wouldn't be terrible to get on there and start playing or like grab some of these cards on arena because meat Hook massacre can be, be played around. for another 14 months, probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So all the cards <laughs> that are currently tearing up are shielded which is in the brand new set. So that'll be yeah. around for two years. Liliana will be around for two years. Meat Hook Massacre got another year on it. Uh, Tenacious Underdog is going to have a whole year on it. Uh, Soren is going to have a year. Like there's like all the removal that they're playing right now is a lot of it's in Dominaria. Like Cut Down is a very good card. It's just there. there is so much stuff because the rotation just happened. You can invest heavily on your arena account into the standard format and just go. Hmm. So I'm I'm like maybe like a dozen or so rare wild cards away from finishing mono black. And then I'm just going to grind standard ranked. Mm -hmm. Like I'm already at like gold two, I think, in just the random four days that I was playing mono red. Yeah. So it's like, I don't have that far to go. Like my win rate has been insane in both draft and in standard. Like, I think I'm at like an 85% win rate. Jesus. Yeah, so I'll I just got to keep going with that. And I feel like it's one of those things where if this deck is already so good, I mean. What else is coming? <laughs> yeah. Like if, if it, if it stays the same and the next set doesn't have any good good mono black cards will say okay you're still like a powerhouse with this hmm. so if anything gets replaced like it's just gonna get better yeah maybe some of your sideboard shit gets switched around just depending on meta whatnot it's this it's crazy to me though looking at this meat hook massacre they're 70 dollars, and they they have gone up 20 dollars in the last week and a half that's nuts like I, I understand 
they talk about you know commander who runs these prices like let's be real um i get it how many different versions of this because i know they did the weird like what the hell is it the midnight i don't know the uh double feature which i think is trash or whatever double feature those are still those are 75 bucks so i mean yeah, it's like, so there's there's multiple uh, printings of this in paper and it's still a 70 dollar card yeah i mean the foil double features are 260 dollars yeah that's for a standard card it's insane to me and i just i don't know it's i was very disappointed with that like i i definitely agreed with the professor that that was a very lazy kind of like cash grabby thing mm. just how that whole setup i mean let's be real unfortunately wizards has done many of things like this before um but like i mean if there was some new art on this stuff because they really just took the art and they sucked all the, the color, color out of it yeah they tinted the color a little bit and then made a different border yeah like, okay cool like if there was some different art i'd be in i'd be down and they they talked about you know oh well it's going to be like a selection of the cards from either set but you would open up those packs and so like they they made it for like a draft format right mm-hmm. and then you would buy the packs and try and draft it and the cards didn't go together yeah. at all like it was basically you were chaos drafting a single block mm-hmm. or like a single set but it was yeah. still a chaos draft and like chaos drafts can be fun if you if that's what you're going for you know mm-hmm. but, but yeah, it's, it's not like it's not like the days silly. where like Kanda Tarkir like draft formats like that was I think the last draft format where it was a multi-set draft format because mm-hmm. you could do I think they had it so you could do cons and fate reforged and then fate reforged and dragons you could draft together and like those were solid draft formats but then they went away from that and started doing just like single set drafts which is fine like if you are designing the set to do that then go for it but you can't just take two sets that weren't designed that way get some duct tape put them together and say look we got a new draft format it's like yeah it's not how that works yeah craziness it's but hey whatever like you said because because you'll have degenerates that like i mean i say that knowing completely that i'm pointing at myself yeah Um, we say degenerate as a term of endearment in this podcast because we definitely embody (laughs) that statement um I know, like, people gamble on packs. I, I do it very rarely now. Um, I only do it when I'm at the LGS. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I think pretty much if I go there uh, every every few times, I might buy a pack. Or if there's something new, mm-hmm. if it's a new set that I actually, like, care about, kind of, I'll buy a pack or two, kind of see what's going down with it. Yeah. Every time but I go like, up there now, I grab a pack of the uh dominaria collector boosters just for the yeah. just for the tabernacle lottery ticket i mean hey yeah like that's that's what i mean dude there's they're doing all this other stuff so yeah would you rather try and take a shot at 
a foil double feature meat hook massacre or, or the tabernacle. tabernacle yeah. Side note, did you see uh in the misprints and all that stuff group that nickel bolus from legends that had like mold on it? No. Yeah, I think there was I think there was like two bolas. I don't I don't believe it was the same one. Um but someone had opened it and they were trying to figure out if it was like a misprint or something. It was black and mold or something. Yeah. Then they oh. were like, I wonder if like the stuff wasn't if so it was sealed. These packs were sealed and then they were open and immediately fresh air and stuff hit these cards. And it's like they weren't ready for that. That's actually kind of terrifying. Yeah. Like, so that's, what happens that's... if you open a tabernacle and then like a day later it's just like moldy. It, like, no, it wasn't the feel bads. It wasn't everywhere. It was just kind of on the bottom. Like it, it wasn't mm-hmm. like I, I, I was gonna say it didn't ruin the card, but it would for some people. Um, I'm gonna try and find the picture and send it to you. But yeah, there there was a decent discussion going on with it, and I was like, oh, that's actually very, very interesting because I'm uh, like you know you just sit back and like look at stuff like that. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm intrigued, you know? Yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like, it's so rare to find a Legends card in those packs. Like, I have not seen one opened in front of me. Mm -hmm. I've seen people open a lot of these packs so far. But then, like, you see all these pictures online. Like, I've seen a Tabernacle pop up. I've seen a Mana Drain pop up, a Moat pop up. And it's like, it doesn't seem real until you see it happen in front of you. Yeah. The um, well, I think it was like release weekend. I think there was a guy in I'm gonna say Poland, and that's probably wrong. Came to an event, just started playing three or four weeks before prior. Opens his pack, pulls an English moat, sells it, walks out of the game store with like eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, it seems fine. Yeah, and I'm just like, could you could you imagine? Like, I remember, um, Return to Zendikar when they had the expeditions, and there was someone who opened up a Scalding Tarn, and it was the employee that joined just so the first round wouldn't have a buy, and he's like, I he's like, I I don't really know how to play, but I can kind of throw something together, and he mm-hmm. pulled that, and I was like, of course, sure. Yeah, so everyone was like, "Buy a pack of sleeves, put them in there." Like you gotta be, you gotta be ready for this now. So yeah, I, that crazy. like when the original uh, Zendikar expeditions came out, I was simultaneously the most lucky and least lucky person ever when it came to those packs. Yeah, I opened eight expeditions. All of them were blood crypts. <laughs> I was so pissed. Yeah, it's like at a certain point, it just like it wasn't even sad anymore. It was just funny. It's yeah. like one of the most like one of the least expensive expeditions. I opened eight of them. <laughs> it was insane. That's, that's nuts. Honestly, that's that's crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than uh other than cracking packs for gambling, like 
have you tried the the new format and either draft or sealed yet no i have not so it gives me a lot of vibes going back to cons of tarkir draft format where every pack the basic was replaced by um one of the tap dual lands Mm -hmm. because you could just play five color pile if you wanted just play all your good cards you could play all these splashes for your morphs and it's very similar to what you can do now with splashing for all your kicker cards Mm -hmm. like i've had five color mana bases with two colors worth of spells i've had like all the domain cards with like decent payoff like if you have a three color deck and you have an off color duel that you can grab grab it every time Mm -hmm. because the draft format is so forgiving with having the tap lands because it's relatively slow compared to like some of the super aggressive draft formats in the past Mm -hmm. like you're still getting to turns eight nine ten fifteen twenty like you can grind these out but i think Mm -hmm. my favorite part about this draft format is the fact that all of the cards with kicker are good on their own. Yeah. Like, you don't have to actually kick them to make them play. It. Like there's a three mana deal for damage in red, just deal damage to a creature. And then if you kick it for a white, you gain that much life. So it's just solid removal spell or war leaders helix. Like, which is a, which was a standard playable card at the time, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all of, there's like unsummons that if you kick it, you can put it on the bottom of their deck. There's creatures that just get bigger. Um, there's creatures that get extra abilities, like bring creatures with them. Like, but all of these vanilla creatures without kicker are still fine. Mm-hmm. It's still like two mana, two, two. And if you pay four mana, you can impulse. Yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> I, know, I know when I was looking at, uh, Set when I was getting spoiled and everything, Just pretty much seeing that too. Like these cards were fine by themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and especially in a limited format, I think they were even going to be better. You know, you look at this stuff and it's like <clears throat> when you play competitively, like that's what your mindset goes towards mostly. Mm-hmm. And with it being, um, you know, constructed formats, that that's kind of at least what my mind goes towards most of the time so imagining uh you know you see some of these cards i've seen some i can't remember the card now but people are like you know people are not trusting like x card and i am getting past you know three minimum every single draft and they're like i i take them all you know so it's cool to see that hearing that uh Hearing how it goes, I like I try and draft. I just don't think I'm. I, I don't think I'm good at. I don't, I don't know. You got to like work on it more and more. And I think it's just the deck building mm. is when like the like wheels kind of fall off for me. So unless I like, you know, it's it's easy on easy mode, pretty much. Uh, that's when I, I feel most comfortable. But I mean, let's be real everyone pretty much would. <laughs> but yeah the thing with a lot of draft formats it's like once you've seen the patterns over the years like 
because Dominary United, it's basically just a core set. Like, mm-hmm. there's no like crazy mechanic. It's just like domain is the mechanic. Yeah. Um. So it has the same feel as a lot of like previous sets that I've drafted over the years. Because like I've been drafting for eleven years now. Mm-hmm. So like I've seen core sets come and go. I've seen like random synergy sets. I've seen play all your good shit sets. And it's like a lot of the lessons that you learn from playing all these different formats is you get to judge how good like certain removal spells are going to be just based off of how big the creatures are. Like certain bombs are always going to be good. Like if you have a four mana four four flyer, it doesn't matter what the rest of the format is. That's a good card. Draft it. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah five mana removal that just can kill anything always draft that card that is going to be solid unless it's like a turn four aggro format mm-hmm. but once you start looking at all of the different creature sizes and just general trends in a set like you can pick up what to do in a draft super easy yeah i know like i trying to get into the game more when i was in charlotte um we were drafting and i would draft i would go there on a friday and that was their Mm fnm and we would go into pods but then you wouldn't play just against your pod you would play against everyone which at the time i was like cool you know because we i mean we were getting um we were getting like 30 plus people oh, wow. drafting. Yeah. Uh, it was a um, get some game out in Charlotte, North Carolina. Actually, uh, unfortunately, one of the owners recently just passed away. Uh, Leon Fortner. Um, great guy. That family is fantastic. Um, they would stay open on like release days um, for the entire weekend so that people could go there and hang out like they had their other jobs too. And then they would come there and open up and keep it open. Cause they were like, we'd rather have the kids in here slinging cards and stuff than being out and, you know, or shit can get dangerous or getting into trouble and everything. So that's, mm. I know that's, it's a big, uh, big, uh, big hole that's being put down there. But anyway, that's where we would do. And there were times where we would finish a draft, play our three or four rounds. And then people would be like, Hey, we're open. You guys want to do another draft? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm, I gotta be at work at noon tomorrow so I can head home at three or 4.00 AM. It doesn't matter to me. And we would sit there and draft again. Yeah. And like, that's what we would do. You know, like I remember it was, um, Modern Masters 2 would come out and we were drafting that. And like I was I was drafting for value, trying to, you know, no idea what the hell some of these cards were doing. Like it is what it is, you know. Yeah, it's like I don't know what this card's gonna do on my deck, but it's 40 bucks, so let's go. Yeah, that that one was wild because the first packs were just like going for value and hoping that the colors matched. Mm-hmm. And then like you see what the hell happens after that, you know. 
if you get a uh, Eldrazi, it was like, well, I guess we'll see if the game lasts that long, but you got to play it just to play it. So. Right. Um, it's like, I'm not going to not pick the Emrakul. Yeah, it was like, it was dumb, you know? <laughs> I remember people, uh, there was someone next to me that I think pulled a, a foil like V-click or something, and I was like, damn. They were making a big deal about it. And I I ended up in my second pack, opened up a foil Emrakul, and I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool! Like, works for me. I think that's pretty good. It's it's one mm-hmm. of the pictures on the thing. Like, <laughs> this is, this should work out. So yeah, it's like it's shiny and it's a mythic and it looks cool. I think I want yeah. It. Well, to me, I was you know I was able to trade that in and get another draft or two in, mm-hmm. and I wasn't wasn't really building anything at the time, so. Yeah, I I have always enjoyed drafting. It's just it was always really hard when, especially when I was like starting to work in restaurants to like get away and do a draft. Because yeah, <laughs> most of the stores around here, it's like if they were drafting, it was either on Fridays or usually like Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And I just I never could get those days to work on my schedule. Yeah, so I stopped drafting for a long time, and just kind of stopped stopped thinking about it, and then just like about a week ago i started just drafting on arena again because i'm like you know what i miss this this set seems fun let's get back into it yeah and i think i've done six or seven I, you know, i've done seven drafts now mm-hmm. in the competitive like or the premier ranked best of one draft yeah um so in those drafts if you go you have to go until you either hit seven wins or three losses and then if you go and get five wins or more, you go infinite. Mm-hmm. So you just get enough gems back. Um, so in the seven drafts that I've done, I have had a six win, a five win. I scrubbed out on a two win, and then a five, seven, six, six. I like this draft format. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like seven drafts and a mid platinum, and I'm just like, yeah, sure. Like, let's see how far we can go. Uh, my goal by the end of the month is to hit mythic. Yeah, I mean, hey, that'd be that'd be sweet. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely, man. I mean, that'd like be cool. Definitely days. let us know what happens with that. Oh, I'll keep you updated. <laughs> Absolutely. So as we've been sitting here talking, I finally found one of the pictures. Unfortunately, before I scroll down to it, now that my uh web browser was like something went wrong reset everything of course um so people are saying they've seen like two or three of them like this um they were trying to figure out if it's damaged or stuff someone was saying it could be or it might not be bold someone was saying it could be like fungi or something people are thinking that still something growing in it it's um uh, it could just be ink. So, like, it's it's interesting. Someone said nickel moldos because twenty one relike twenty one reacts. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to send this picture to you, but I don't know if it's working. Oh, this works. I think. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So yeah, like imagine opening up because a legends nickel bolus is 
is some coin still, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I just think it's I think it's interesting. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully nobody gets that on like their tabernacle or anything. Man, I hope not. Or oh god, imagine like imagine for the main event in Vegas, like you get to your beta draft. And like you, they crack open a pack, and then it's just like a moldy lotus. Yeah, that would be sickening. I mean, you you still take okay, it. I still first pick it every time, but yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. God, but I like I I like what they did putting these in there into these cards. But yeah, I mean, something you don't really think about. These cards have been sealed for the longest time. You open it up to. The elements, you know, <laughs> so something you have to try and figure out, plan for, or whatever. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm not entirely sure what it is. Obviously, I'm no expert in the field of uh, old cards that have been opened and put into new cards, new mm-hmm. packs. So I don't know. If anyone opens one, please get. Let us know. I'm curious. <laughs> All right. I think I think that was actually uh actually went a little longer than I expected us to tonight with just two of us. Yeah, well, you know, but, we talked about fighting bosses and then popper. Just only a few few little tangents. To be fair, yeah, when we're talking about mold on cards, we probably should just ma- wrap it up. So <laughs> Alright, so from both of us here today and from Luke who couldn't make it, thank you for listening to the Pre-Game Effect Podcast. We will see you in about two weeks. Y'all have a good rest of the night. See ya.